Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Extra Serving, a podcast by Nation's Restaurant News. I'm your host, Holly Petrie, here with the latest episode. This week, Ron Ruggles spoke with A&W's CEO, Kevin Basner, all about the future of the brand. Now, they spoke for a long time. We do have a much extended version of their talk in an article on our website that you should definitely check out. This is just a small snippet of their very interesting conversation where Kevin talks about how A&W's gone into convenience stores for the second time. They did start in the late 90s, but they have changed their formula a bit to deal with the current times and how they're leaning into drive throughs but also the hesitance of this over 100-year-old brand to really change their formula because of the pandemic. Uh, Kevin Basner is very, very confident with his product, and he does not want to serve an inferior product, and him and Ron get into that in detail in this podcast. Highly recommend sticking around and listening to the whole thing. And without further ado, here is Ron. Thank you for stepping or stopping in with us today, Kevin. I appreciate it. Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how A&W made it through the pandemic. Pandemic, listen, you know, a year ago, uh, oh man, what a difference a year makes. And, you know, the sky was falling. It was falling for all of us and didn't know what was going to happen and really, you know, 13 months ago. But, you know, coming out of it, as we're coming out of it, as things are opening up, I mean, we feel great. I mean, after a very scary time in March and April last year, um, the brand has performed uh, exceptionally well. Our franchise partners who, who do all the work out there in the field with their operators and their managers have really done a terrific job. And it's really been all about execution at the drive-through and in our case our legacy drive-ins that's what it that's what it's been all about you know carry out it's really not been delivered it's really been about executing at the drive-in and the drive-through and that's something we can continue to do and are continuing to do now sort of uh, almost post-pandemic right as we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel so we we feel great we've seen a lot of new customers uh we're continuing to see a lot of new customers or lapsed users if you may and I think we're, we're, we're benefiting from uh, the, the heritage of the brand. You know, people know us, right? And, and, you know, during times of crisis, people gravitate to brands that they know and they love. Well, we're one of those brands. We're 102 years now, right? And, and so we've got that. And, and that continues. And we've exposed a lot of new customers and a lot of lapsed users to our brand over the last 13 or 14 months that are continuing to come back. And what they've been exposed to in that period of time is really the, the, the quality initiatives that we put in place since we acquired the brand, you know, nine plus years ago. And really, you know, quality is our, is our value proposition. And we've always said, we've been saying it from day one, that that is a long-term defensible strategy. And we're feeling the benefits of that today. Um, that in new customers and lapsed users have been seeing that and they're coming back. And, and, and they're coming back. So we feel, you know, very uh, optimistic with some caution, but very optimistic about uh, what's happening uh, as we've maneuvered uh, through the pandemic and as we continue to do so and as things are starting to open up. How did uh, your sales uh, compare with those, those units that have drive-throughs, the legacy drive-throughs, 
as compared to those in the C stores. And we'll get into the convenience store uh, units in a little bit, but. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. The the legacy stores, if you made the traditional drive-in and drive-through stores, non-C stores, during the course of the last year, uh, performed somewhat better than the C stores. And they performed somewhat better. And I'm talking about a, a, an order of magnitude at plus 15% comps versus plus 9% for the C stores. And the reason for that, and we're starting to see that flip this year as people are moving around more because you think the gas and convenience store sector and for us, it's a lot of travel plazas. Well, travel was down last year, right? Um, vacations were down and that started to pick up in the fall and certainly into this year, we're seeing a lot more people moving around. You're seeing it in gas usage, you're seeing it in miles being driven. And so we're seeing more activity now in those gas convenience stores, and they're now starting to outperform the traditional business because there's more people moving around. So, but they still perform well last year, just not as well. And if I recall right, uh, you have about 96 convenience store units in your uh, portfolio, about 900 A&W? That's, that's correct. So about 10% of our, of our system and about really about a third of our uh, uh, our base brand business, because as you know, a number of the uh, stores here in the U.S., about 500, are, are still co-brand um, uh, from the Yum days uh, that we acquired from Yum. But of our of our traditional stores, yeah, we have about 96, 97 that are co-branded and uh, it represents a, a meaningful part of our system. And it's still one of our uh, 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 assets that we're focused on uh, with growth. And those co-brands uh, are paired with, uh, for the most, Long John Silvers or? Long John Silvers and KFC. And we have, and I said 500, it's it's really closer to four. We have about 180 of, of each um, that are remaining um, from our acquisition from Yum. We inherited both, you know, the, the co-brand business. Neither one of them are expanding um, in terms of uh, uh, store count. Uh, but equally, uh, the A&W side of that business has performed as equally well as our traditional business in terms of sales growth over the last 15 months, well, really the last 12 months, because we really, after a scare from mid-March to about mid-April, it was about mid-April of last year, we started seeing comps go positive, and we've been double-digit positive comps literally ever since. That drive-through real estate's golden. It's it's golden. That, I mean, that's the key. People ask, there's no secret there, man. Everybody in the industry knows that it, you know, having the drive through and executing against that drive through. We did a number of things, creating second lines, pull off places, park, you know, just to move cars, right? Just to move people through. And uh, that was, that was the key and, and still is, and still is. This brand has been through two pandemics now. And I got, I hope I don't see a third. <laughs> Did, is there any documentation within the the corporate uh, files there about how any of the A and W's weathered that uh, nineteen eighteen pandemic? Yeah, uh, no, there wasn't. It was not. And you're right. It was nineteen eighteen, and it was really when I say as a brand, I mean uh, Roy Allen had his root beer stand. It was really one single location at the time uh, that existed. Uh, back in the back in the day, uh, we really started the expansion. More than one location really sta started in 1919, so we were 100 years in 2019. But uh, uh, but so no, we have no documentation. Actually, the best documentation we have from 
from the early days was Roy Allen and his root beer stand in Lodi, California, welcoming troops back from uh, World War One. Interesting. And he was giving out giving out root beer to the troops uh, <laughs> at the parade. So. Well, that's restaurants doing good has been uh, have a long history. Uh, one thing interesting is your uh, push into the convenience store space. Uh, how has that gone? When did it start? And what do you see as the future for that? Yeah, great question. I mean, it really started for us as a brand, my first go around with, with A&W. And as, as many people, uh, many brands in our space went into the gas and convenience store space, went in with kiosks, went in, and really the whole notion there was to intercept a customer that was already there, that was moving around. And so when we went in, and you're talking in the late 90s, so 20, 20 plus years ago, uh, A&W, and I was around in those days, we went into the gas convenience store space, but we went in like many concepts, we went in with more of a kiosk approach, a smaller footprint, a grab and go concept. And what we learned out of that is that um, uh, we needed to have a bigger footprint uh, for a couple of reasons. One is uh, business was good. Uh, consumers uh, began to accept it initially. There's a little reluctance on the consumer. You know, I want to go get a sandwich or you want to go get a burger in a gas station, right? But, you know, that's evolved. And so they began to use it more. And what we found is, and, and thankfully, we realized that 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and started doing all gas convenience stores with drive-throughs because in the last year, you'd been, you know, that, that's been key, right? And so we learned that. We learned that. And we also learned uh, from our gas and convenience store partners that we weren't just as intercepting a, an existing customer that was coming there for gas. That was the original thought behind it. But what the reality of it was is we are we bring a particularly a branded concept and the, and the C-store operators will tell you this, we're bringing a new customer. So not only are we, not only are we intercepting the gas and convenience store customer, drive-through obviously is key because they're moving around, they're in their cars, they're in their trucks, carry-out business is strong. The dining room is still important. And we found that out because it's not just carry-outs. Well, on the road, they want to stop. They want to stretch their legs. They want to come in. They want to get out of the car. But what we have found is that we're attracting a customer outside of the gas convenience store customer, which is benefiting the gas convenience store. Then they're selling that customer more gas, cigarettes, lottery tickets, et cetera. So what we have found and what, we've, what we're capitalizing on now is it's really a two-way street. The brand, we go in, we get the benefit of an existing customer base. The gas convenience store operator is getting the benefit of a new customer that the brand A&W is bringing to the space. And drive-through is, is important, uh, in, certainly in the travel plazas, et cetera. Um, but we're also finding, Ron, in some of the smaller, uh, some more rural communities, which is really a strength of this brand, that those gas convenience stores, even though they're located in a gas convenience store, and today they're they're more of an end cap on a gas and convenience store. It's a standalone restaurant that happens to be attached. 
And what we're finding is that also becomes that neighborhood restaurant in that rural community, not just the transient passenger uh, or customer. So uh, we've learned a lot in the 20 over years that we've done in the business and certainly the development costs, particularly in this current environment where material costs, particularly lumber, have spiked, you know, uh, indicators today are is that's that's going to start to temper later in the summer as 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 supply catches up with demand but the today the development costs are just that much uh, easier to manage than on a freestanding building for example but so it is one of our two uh, primary uh, development strategies is gas convenience store with a you know 40 seat dining room drive through full exterior image um, and and we can do very well in that environment along with our uh, traditional development with freestanding buildings. Also okay. with drive-throughs, many of them starting to do a second drive-through for obvious reasons. Well, how many have second, uh, two double drive-throughs? Well, we have permanent ones today. We have three in the system. Temporary ones where we've gone out and we've added a second lane with tablets. You know, technology is wonderful, right, when you use it. That line um, busting, yeah, the line busting, but with a second line. Again, the key the key is getting that order and moving people through the line, even if you you pull them over and park them and run the food out with them. Um, through this course of the last year, customer has been very very understanding of that, right? So the key has been really getting that order. So that line buster, you know, getting that second order out there. But all new restaurants, what we're doing, we're not we're not building the second drive-through lane and it's really a second order point, not a second window, a second order point, right? The key we have found is speed of, what I call speed of order, right? Get the order, get the customer, take the order, take care of them, let them get paid and then run the food out. And it's, it's, it's a pretty seamless process once you get it down. But we are not developing every new store with a second drive-through because as dining rooms reopen, uh, there is a consumer, and we're seeing about 30% of the consumer still wants to come into the dining room, given a choice. So we want to be careful that we don't overinvest. But what we are doing is we're doing the site plan, and we're doing the underground work that we can easily add that second order point if the business demands it. So, um, you know, we're kind of, I, I guess we're, we're, we're straddling the fence at the moment. Uh, on that because, uh, listen, conversations that were happening a year ago, I'm sure you were engaged in many of them. Yeah. If you're not in delivery, if you're not in ghost kitchen, da, 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 you know, go, you got to do this. You got to do this. I said, man, you know, that's the new normal. No, this is today's normal. We don't know what the new normal is going to be. So let's be careful. And, you know, on the, you haven't asked the question, but I'm going to answer it anyway about drive-through. I've always taken the position with this brand when I can deliver a, root beer float in a frosted mug in a way that is a quality to the customer, then I'll get excited about delivery for this brand. Yeah. Do it. But I can't deliver my best products and I can't put my best foot forward. So I'm not real crazy about putting forward a mediocre product. Uh, you do have a lot of uh, individual owners, uh, single unit owners. Were they helped by the government programs such as uh, PPP and restaurant re revitalization fund? Yeah, mostly PPP. Uh, a couple of things, and that's a that's a great question. Is is P 
PPP, we, because uh, we, we have so many single unit operators, family businesses, we took it upon ourselves. I have a great, great finance lady. She, she just went all in down the rabbit hole, figured everything out about PPP, and we shared it versus webinar, uh, via webinars, via one-on-one, -on -one, and we helped our franchise partner how to apply, where to apply, um, and, and we got a lot of support there. Um, and, and getting, getting over the hump, right? March and April were brutal last year. I mean, just absolutely. But who knew what the future was going to bring, right? So it enabled them to do exactly what the program was designed for, keep people on the payroll. We went through training, they painted their restaurants. So when the business started to pick up again, they had the staff, right? Um, but staffing, that's the other thing. And you know, this, your, your, your uh, industry, I mean, I, I could pick up, Pick up any industry publication, yours included. Number one headline is labor, right? That's the other significant headwind in us and new stores coming out of the ground. We've got existing operators that have commitments, have real estate to develop a new store, and they're they're hesitating because they can't keep their existing store staffed as it is. So they're hesitant to open that second new store. Hopefully, this will pass. <laughs> it has to. You know, we have to figure out, you know, uh, you know, the 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 paradigm has shifted uh, labor in our industry. There's no question about it. I think it's for the best. I think that's where our uh, value is. Uh, quality is our value initiative is helping us. We have not been and haven't been and will and are not a heavy discounter dollar menu um, where I'm working. On, you know, we're working on very, very slim margins. And this, I think, where our quality initiative pays off is you're just going to have to provide people a better environment, provide better wages, whatever, you know, better benefits, et cetera. We got to be more competitive with the warehouses, the, the gig economy, whatever. And we as an industry have to figure that out. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Extra Serving, a podcast by Nation Restaurant News. This episode was written and recorded by Ron Ruggles and was edited by me, Holly Petrie. We'll be back next Friday with a brand new episode. Until then, stay safe.